Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. Okay, Paul, we see your resume. We see your degrees. We see all your on-the-job experience. We see the classes that you took in the real-life college, real-life experience college. But we need a list of references, too. Okay, I've got two. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. I believe that Christ himself is a pretty good reference also. God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only references that I've got. That'll have to do. I think those are pretty good ones. Today, Pastor David explains how Paul had to lean heavily on his experience to remind the Corinthian church of his qualifications. It seems that in the book of 2 Corinthians, Paul had reached his wit's end over the accusations against him by false apostles. More than his own reputation, Paul was extremely concerned that the believers would be led astray. To Paul, believing in Jesus Christ and following him was more important than any comfort in this world. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message, The Apostles' Challenge. He says, for such are false apostles. These deceitful workers, they're they're transforming themselves in transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, he says, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, but whose end will be according to their works. Wow. That's kind of like saying, you know, that that guy that's over there right now teaching at your church, he's of Satan. He's following Satan. I mean, that's how bold, that's how brash, that's how straightforward Paul is here. He may be making himself out to be something, I can tell you right now, no, he's not called by God. He's made him, he's tried to make himself an apostle of Christ. And yet he is a minister, even as he says, therefore it's no great thing if Satan's ministers transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. Paul centering in on these false apostles. He speaks here of them. They try to look like ministers of righteousness, and yet even Satan deceives like Satan deceives. So many as as a minister of light coming in, pretending to be one thing and yet not that at all. And apparently those false teachers, those false apostles, they came in with this powerful message. They came in with this real dynamic connection with the people. And it seemed like the people were just falling all over themselves, kind of lifting them up and kind of dissing Paul, saying, well, man, man, you're so much greater than Paul was. Wow, your, your message is, man, they're, they're just so wonderful. They make me feel so great. And Paul, you know, he just kind of 
stumbled and stuttered through and nothing real big and important. Apparently, these false guys, their messages tickled the ears, but they lacked the biblical truth. They, they lacked the counsel of God's whole word. Paul calls them pseudo-apostles. That Greek phrase, it's not used anywhere else in the Bible except right here when he calls them false apostles. Now, Jesus talked about false teachers. That phrase had been around for a long time. And false prophets, that phrase had been around for a long time. But it's only here where we find the mention of false apostles. And it's kind of like Paul coined that word. It's the idea that that Paul is warning that these men and maybe even women, uh, they came in as apostles, but they were they were pseudo-apostles. They were untrue, erroneous. They were deceitful. They were wicked. They were liars. They were false. And Paul wanted the church at Corinth to watch out for these guys. Watch out for those that come in, setting themselves up as something that they're definitely not. Now, this next section that we're going to get into here in chapter 11 actually uh, is quite long. It's all together in one thought and takes us right into chapter 12. At the very beginning of chapter 11, Paul made this statement up in verse 1 of chapter 11. He says, oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. And just as we find out in a lot of Paul's teaching, he'll make a statement, say a few things, and then all of a sudden he'll kick over here, and he may go two or three chapters you know, on something else before he finally kicks back into the statement that he made earlier on. Well, we kind of see that here. He started something in chapter 11, verse 1. He kicks away from that. Now he's going to kind of come back to it again. Paul now begins the listing of his, of his calling and of his experiences in life, both as a Jew as well as as an apostle. These other pseudo-apostles, they they touted their credentials to the Corinthians and said that they were this, said that they were that, and, and the church was absolutely enamored over them. They were smitten by these false apostles. So now we find Paul's education, his ability was actually every much as great as these fancy orators that had come to Corinth. And yet he also had a whole lot of what I call road experience in ministry. His feet had been on the ground in ministry for a number of years, and these false apostles didn't have that. They saw something going on over here that they thought that they could take advantage on, so they kind of jumped onto the bandwagon, whereas Paul had been literally pounding the pavement and the dirt roads for years in ministry and in service to the church. Now, we're going to go through all of this actually in, in one setting because we, I, I feel we need to see, we need to experience the dynamic of, of what Paul is sharing here with the church in order for us to understand both the mindset of Paul as well as that message that the church of Corinth really needed to receive. So on one hand, Paul feels that it's foolish to have to say the things that he's about to say. He said, man, you, uh, you, you bared with me in a little foolishness and, and you continue to bear with me. Well, he's going to go at that a little bit more. But he also understood that the church needed to hear it. They needed to hear the balance of what he's telling them and, and the so-called credentials of these deceivers, those ones that were ripping the church off. He loved the church enough to be thought of as a fool. 
You understand that? He loved the church enough to kind of set himself just right out there and say, look, here's the deal. He didn't try to put on any pretenses. He says, this is just the real deal. Look at verse 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 16. I say again, let no one think me a fool, but if otherwise, but if otherwise, at least receive me as a fool that I may boast a little. What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly in this confidence of boasting. Now, wait a minute. You say, what do you mean? He's not speaking, of the, he's not speaking through the Lord? He says, I don't speak this according to the Lord. No, Paul understands. Now, you know what? I'm just going to get real honest with you guys. I'm just going to you know, kind of come on a level that you're going to understand. I'm just going to talk about myself for a while because you need to hear because you have not listened before and you've listened to these false teachers. He says, so I'm going to boast a little bit. But you need to understand, man, I feel absolutely foolish in doing this because I should not have to do it. It would be like a pastor who had been at a church for a number of years, and then all of a sudden they come in, they start questioning his credentials. They start questioning uh, his ability. They start questioning you know, uh, his background. They start questioning everything. And yet you look and you see, man, God has blessed the church and washed over the church and moved the church. And here the poor guy is having to defend himself. Well, that's exactly where Paul is. He says, verse 18, seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I also will boast. For you put up with fools gladly, since you yourselves are so wise. You hear the irony? You hear the sarcasm he's throwing in there? Paul understood that he was cutting right to the heart of the matter, the heart of these Corinthians, as he's going to be sharing these things. Oh, you guys are so sharp. Oh, you're so swift. Let me tell you the real deal. I think that's where he's going here. Also, as we go through these verses, see how often he uses the words fool, fools, foolish, foolishness. He's already used it four times in the previous four verses right there that we just read. But listen on, verse 20. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one devours you, if one takes from you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you in the face. In other words, these guys thought that they were being really righteous, really spiritual, and all these super apostles, these pseudo apostles come in and are leading them in such wrongness, and they're just putting up with it rather than standing up and saying, look, what you're doing is not right, and there's the door. Don't let it hit you in the heels as you go out the door. He says in verse 21, to our shame, I say that we were too weak for that. In other words, he says, I wouldn't put up with that. But in whatever anyone is bold, (laughs) I speak foolishly. I want you to know, I'm bold too, because I wouldn't have put up with that. He's saying these false teachers, these apostles, they were bringing the people back into the bondage of the law. They were demanding support from the church. They were puffing themselves, their abilities, and their titles up before the people to wow and amaze the people. Paul now, in this 
attitude of what he is saying is, is foolishness in how he's talking. Now he begins to compare himself with these pseudo-apostles. So do you see what's going on here? Well, do you think there's that? Well, this is what me. And again, this has got to be nuts for Paul to have to do this. That's why he's saying foolish, this is crazy. But look in verse 22. Oh, they come in, they say they're Hebrews. Don't you realize I'm a Hebrew also? Oh, they, they, they say that they're Israelites? Don't you know I am too? Oh, they're the seed of Abraham. Well, so am I. Are they ministers of Christ? Listen to what he says. I speak as a fool. I am more. I'm more of a minister of Christ. That's nothing that Paul would say just ordinarily, just normally. Again, he's, he's, being, he's being pushed into this whole conversation, this whole portion of this letter because of the false accusations that have been laid against him. Right now, you can go online. You can actually sign on to the top three worldwide employment and job-seeking websites available. Indeed.com, careerbuilders.com, and monster.com. Those three, the three biggest ones, and they're worldwide. I don't say that because I've been checking them on them. I just did a little investigation tonight. I thought Monster was the biggest. Actually, it's now been pushed down to the third biggest. These in in order, indeed.com, careerbuilders.com, monster.com, these three in order, the biggest powerhouse job brokers you can connect with. From here, businesses find new employees and career searchers find new careers. Now, you can set the parameters of your search by geographical location, even down to the city, the job type, the pay level, and even your experience level, as well as a few other things. But personally, I don't think Paul looked at any of these sites when he submitted himself as an apostle. I don't think he really cared because he didn't care about that kind of thing. He wanted to make sure he was right before God. But if he had, can you imagine the listing of his resume? Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 22, he begins listing really what we could think of as his credentials, as, as his degrees. He says, Hebrews, I'm a Hebrew. Israelites, I'm an Israelite. Seed of Abraham, so am I. Minister of Christ, I even more. Elsewhere, over in Acts chapter 22, verse 3, he, tell, he tells him, he says, I am a Jew. I was born in Tarsus of Cilicia. I was brought up, I was educated. My, my, my education is under Gamaliel. And I was taught according to the strictness of the law. And oh, by the way, as far as zeal, oh, I was zealous toward the Lord. In Philippians 3, 5, he says, yes, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law. I was a Pharisee. I can just see the west wall of Paul's office, all these frames with all of his degrees right there. I'm a Hebrew. I'm a Pharisee. I'm, I'm a Jew of the Jews. All, you know, in our mindset, that's what it would be. But that's really not where Paul is going. We come back to 2 Corinthians 11, and he begins to literally list the, the classes that he took 
when he graduated in order to get his degree from the College of Real Life Experience. He went to RLE for, for his degree. He says, in labors more abundant, and stripes above measure, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. Verse 24, he continues, from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Do you know why they did 40 stripes minus one? Why they only did 39? Because it was determined that 40 stripes might kill somebody. So we'll just back it off one, okay? And they did that to him five times. Verse 25, he says, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In other words, lost in in the ocean, afloat in the ocean. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils of the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And besides these other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all these churches. I don't think any of these were elective classes, by the way. Those were requirements for in Paul's life. It's what the Lord brought him through. Most of these events that he, that he just lists here, we read about in the book of Acts, events that took place during those three missionary journeys. And yet even Luke didn't list everything that Paul shares with us here. Can you imagine the, the ad that Paul would have listed in monster.com? And then he goes into a little bit of his personality. Verse 29. Who is weak that I'm not weak? Who is made to stumble that I don't burn with indignation? Why? Because he cares for the church. He sees the need of the people and meant he's right there with it. He says in verse 30, if I, if I must boast, I'll boast in the things which concern my infirmity the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. Okay, Paul, we see your resume. We see your degrees. We see all your on-the-job experience. We see the classes that you took in the real-life college, real-life experience college. But we need a list of references, too. Okay, I've got two. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is blessed forever, knows that I'm not lying. And I believe that Christ himself is a pretty good reference also. God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only references that I've got. That'll have to do. I think those are pretty good ones. Now, of course, if you're listing your job and your life experiences, you want to include, again, some of your relations, some of your interactions with community leaders. Uh, so Paul lists at least one particular encounter with a community leader. Actually, he's a, an official. He's a politician, if you will. Look at verse 32. While I was in Damascus, the governor under Aretas, the king who guarded the city of the Damascians with a garrison, oh, he desired to arrest me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and I escaped from his hands. How'd you deal with the community around you? Well, they let me out, you know, the wall through a window. That's how it worked because they wanted to arrest me. I'm sure that had to be a bit humbling to Paul, even as he's writing here. But he's very honest with the church there in Corinth. This is the real deal. This is who I am. 
You need to know not only my, my place and my ministry, but you also need to know the sufferings that I received in the midst of that ministry. Now, this is where we move on into chapter 12, because I believe that Paul continues on into his standing, his experience spiritually as we move on into chapter 12. Look at verse 1. It is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. I'll come to visions and revelations of the Lord. He says, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, rather in the body I do not know, or rather out of the body I do not know, God knows. Well, such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Now, we spoke about this in the not-too-distant past, that within the Jewish mindset, there were actually three levels of what we would call the heavenlies or heaven. The first level is the, the, the sky, the atmosphere that we breathe. That's the heaven also for the Jews, but that's the first level of heaven. Second level of heaven is the, the galaxies and the universe, the stars that go beyond that, outside of our atmosphere. That's the second level of heaven. The third level of heaven for the Jew is where God abides. So when Paul says, I was caught up into the third heaven, he says, man, I was brought right into the presence of God. And so we're, we're looking here, and, and Paul is stating that this man, he's not even stating that it's him, but it is him, we find out later, that this man experienced a, a, a pre-rapture. As a matter of fact, the word that he used there is harpazo, and that's where we get our word uh, rapture from. Harpazo in the Greek, rapturus, rapturus, from the Latin rapture, is a, a pre-rapture experience, I think, is what's taking place there. He says in verse three, I know such a man, rather in the body or out of the body, I do not know, but God knows, how he was Harpazo, he was raptured up into paradise. And he heard inexpressible words, which it's not lawful for a man to utter. Such a one I'll boast, yet of myself I will not boast, except in my infirmities. For though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I speak the truth. But I, I refrain, lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Paul was clear here, that experience, that time of, again, being raptured into heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, he says, I don't know, that, that time in his life, he was very clear here that it wasn't about him. That's why he didn't say, hey, guys, you trust in these false false, let me tell you, any of them been to heaven? I, I got raptured up into heaven, man. I saw things no man should see. I heard words spoken that no man should speak. No, that's not where he's going. He says, I just know a guy. I just know a guy. No, he doesn't own an auto shop down here. I just know the guy. <laughs> it was all about the Lord. How, how often we move into the idea that when God uses us or blesses us or reveals something to us, wow, I must be something special. Listen to what God revealed to me. And yet, I love what Solomon says. Hey, don't forget, there's nothing new under the sun. Why would God reveal anything to you? Or me, for that matter. Why would he? For his glory. Not for yours. Not for mine. For his glory. That's the only reason.
We're so glad you joined us today on The Open Word for Pastor David Landry's verse-by-verse teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. You can find more messages from Pastor David and information about The Open Word by visiting our website, theopenword.com. If you're looking for a church home and are in the Casa Grande area, why not join us for a time of worship and Bible study? Calvary Chapel Casa Grande has services each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and at 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays and Saturdays. You can find location information and directions by going to theopenword.com and following links to the church homepage. Now here's Pastor David with some information on how you can help support the ministry of The Open Word. When we began The Open Word radio ministry, our heart's desire was to get the message of God's kingdom and His grace to as many as possible. We knew that there'd be many who wouldn't come through the church door, but would perhaps tune into a radio program and be challenged and changed by the power of the Holy Spirit through the teaching of God's Word. God has given us a vision to see this ministry expand and reach even further. And yet, as with any ministry endeavor, there are expenses that happen through the production and distribution of these messages. If God has blessed you with the teaching, would you prayerfully consider partnering with us in a financial commitment to the ministry of The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help the message of God's grace extend and grow. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But join us again as we continue digging deeper into the book of 2 Corinthians, right here on The Open Word. Make us more and more.